Hey guys, George Mesa, Third Eye Edify podcast, and I'm very excited uh, to bring you guys an incredible guest to talk about the future of something that's really exploding lately, this AI art craze and all of the things that come with it. It connects to so many different things, and I think I have just the man for the job to talk about it, Mario Garza and his show Symbolic Studies, which you have to check out immediately. Uh, he's got these wonderful succinct shorts but full of knowledge nuggets that you're just going to love he has a super professional demeanor and uh, his presentation is pretty much second to none so mario welcome to the show give everyone uh, an idea of where they can find you and what you do right on george thanks for having me yeah you can find me at symbolicstudies.com i'm all over the place but that's probably the uh, easiest location just to find where i'm at on social media and everything else but I focus on symbolism. So a lot of my content up until now has been based on astrology, the myths, and uh, the archetypal symbolism of astrology, things like that. And so if you're into that, uh, you guys will like my channel. But I am switching gears a little bit. I'm going to be focusing on longer form content kind of moving forward. But um, yeah, this is a project I've been you know, working on for the last couple of years. And I'm meeting lots of interesting people, having lots of very interesting conversations uh, with others as well. So this is going to be a great chat. Uh, this topic is really fascinating for all sorts of different reasons. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward just to getting into it with you. No, same here, man. The same here. And um, just the nature of what it's called, it, it already brings to mind so many different things. You know, the idea mm -hmm. of artificial intelligence and where its roots come from, things like DARPA and, and things of that nature. But I think what would be best to start with is what does AI art mean for the art world in general, especially because it has literally exploded lately in this particular year, 2022. It has, right. Exactly. I had to take notice of it. I would say late spring, early summer. Uh, I noticed that it was coming across my feed. A lot of creators that I was following started creating AI artwork and I just couldn't ignore it because I've been an artist my whole life, you know, but professionally, I've been doing graphic design work for the last 20 years. And so I was curious from that angle how it might change my career and um, if I should even be employing it as an example, as a tool, because I do see that there are lots of things associated with it that could be helpful. But, you know, how is it changing art? That's a great question. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people in the future who maybe never touch a paintbrush or a crayon or a pencil, you know, uh, they may never wow. pick up photography or a real instrument or something like that. I think that AI art, it's very entertaining to do. That's one thing that I noticed immediately when I started playing around with it is that I was hooked in for a couple of nights and I was thinking about different prompts throughout the day. And once I was done <laughs> right. with it and I've heard people mention this, that they get hooked. I know a friend actually, He's not a visual artist per se. He's actually a writer, but he saw opportunities with AI art to create his book covers, which is really interesting wow. too, because he hired me to do a few of his book covers <laughs> right. previously. You right. know what I mean? So um, there are a lot of people who are thinking that this is really going to change like commissioned work and freelance opportunities and things like that. Um, and I certainly see that being the case, you know, um, but I think there's still going to be room for people um, to do commissioned artwork and things like that. The same way, you know, obviously DJs and having turntables and things like that, they're pressing a button and, you know, people are going nuts and there's thousands of people, you know, at a venue or whatever, but there's still lots of bands doing their thing. That's you know right. what I mean? And so I think that um, 
maybe doing things the traditional way, the organic sort of maybe analog kind of way. I think it'll always be there. Um, but there's obviously uh, there's a landscape shift right now with everything. Um, and so for me, the biggest thing that kind of breaks my heart a little bit is just thinking about people never having the opportunity to really create things maybe from their own imagination using their own creativity which is a very therapeutic process you know um, you learn about self that way and i think there's so much to gain from creating things you know um you know flexing that imaginative imaginative (laughs) imaginative Am I what am I saying here? Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I have to think okay. about it too, actually. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, but flexing that muscle, you know, is so important. And so right. I've just I've gained so much from that over the years. Um, that I just I kind of feel for maybe the generation that isn't really gonna have that opportunity. And actually, I was thinking about it too. It's like there's so many school districts and schools that have slowly but surely taken away the arts. You know, right. no longer having musical programs and things like that. But I could see some of that stuff being substituted for an iPad, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And well, it is. What, what, a lot of people do bring that to school. You know, what, what, what are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to ask you, you know, what you think about everything. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, what, are, yeah. right. what are your initial thoughts on um, how it's going to change uh, art, you know, in the future? Right, right. Well, you know, it's a lot like um, the autocorrect and texting. You know, a lot of people don't know how to spell words anymore. And even I even find myself like, wait a minute, did I some words do look kind of weird on paper, especially in the English language. And every so often you have to double check because you don't write it down all the time. Now, I actually end up doing a lot of handwriting for these show notes, which it helps me keep my chops up. I used to write little stories out all the time when I was very little. And um, the art of writing is an art form. It is like art in its own way. So I can everything you said rings true. I can see this being a very fast decline of um it's just what they want isn't it it's just what they want they want you to use less of these faculties of your mind so you can come whatever like you and this seems to be a big part of it ai is not often used to our own benefit and every time it's being talked about it's some kind of algorithm that's being used against you or being used as a way to steal your data and this could be a humongous way to steal your data or at least it might be a way for them to keep track of where your mind is at if if somebody if some people are making certain kinds of images that don't vibe with the current mindset, um, that information is there. You can't sign up for one of these things without putting all your information in. You have to. You, you can't just go use one right now. You, right? You have to. Am I right about that? You have to pretty much put put all your info in. I think I believe so. Yeah, I, I know there's so. lots of different types of apps out there, so I can't say for certain. But yeah, I think so. And you know, it's um, grabbing your data on a few different levels. So you're talking about it for maybe. Um, you know, the user side of things, but also these apps and these programs, my understanding of how they work is that it crawls the internet for Mm -hmm. source material, you know, images and whatnot. And the programmers and people who are working on these things, they know where some of this material is coming from. There's a huge database full of it. And it's completely full of people's original artwork and photography. Uh, I've heard there's like medical records in there. I've heard there's all (laughs) sorts of different things in there, you know, because if you can put in any prompt, it wants to know what a medical record would look like. It wants to know what all of these random nuanced sort of things look like. And so there's a possibility as an example that we have personal photographs or we have personal artwork that are being used 
for this information um, data mining kind of exercise to feed this AI. And so I know that that's actually a big concern for a lot of people is that um, if they're going to be pulling data from a set of imagery, that data, that, that imagery that they're pulling from, it, there should be some sort of consent there that I'm okay with this kind of happening or whatever. Sure. And so they're pulling um, so much stuff from the internet that uh, mm -hmm. there's no telling really where it's all coming from. So there is a data thing, situation, conversation to be had on multiple levels with what's going on here. And obviously, this is how the AI is actually doing its thing. Uh, right, right. And everyone, I think that's worth mentioning that I, growing up with video games, I knew what AI was. I didn't know how deep and dark it was when I was younger, but it, it was a part of how they advertised certain games as they were getting more advanced. You know, the AI reads how you act and it can, it, it works, you know, in, it works with you and it learns you and it, then the game gets more fun and challenging because of it. And then when the matrix comes out in 1999, I had a friend that I went to see it with said artificial intelligence. Can you believe it? What, well, I didn't even know what is AI. And like, you don't know mm. what AI, I couldn't believe that somebody didn't know what AI was. Mm. It wasn't that popular of a term yet. And that's all part of the, the, the thing that they, they keep it on the wraps with, I'm sure it's people think it's magic, you know, that these 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 binary machines are magically producing things out of nowhere. One of the first um, red flags that this isn't some completely random thing is that you get recognizable things that sort of have a like a vibe to them. You sort of get used to seeing what you see and they're getting things that you recognize right away. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't make sense if it didn't. If you ask for a, you know, a, a bus and you didn't get a bus, then the thing's not working right. But I think that actually has to do with something that I found through researching this called symbolic AI. No, no pun intended that it's your, your show name too, but it has to represent something that humans recognize. So the prompts can't just do anything. It, there is a rigid construct to it. There is The code isn't just turning your words into something. The code is then probably taking what it gets and manipula manipulates it to be more of what you're expecting to get, I guess, mm. is the best way to say it. Mm -hmm. what, what do you mm -hmm. think about that? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That that makes a lot of sense, for sure. Um, what's going on, too, because you mentioned video games, is this is just, you know, we're talking about visual images right now with mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, right? And then uh, it's debatable whether or not it's actually technically AI. You know, there's a conversation there. And I know I know people in real life were uh, using the word AI inappropriately drives them nuts. And they're <laughs> like, this is none of this stuff is AI, you right, know, right. and I'm like, I understand where you're coming from. Right. But sure, that is the term that everyone is latching onto right now. It's also too possibly a uh, like a buzzword. You know, it's like a marketing, word, yes. you yes, know, sort of thing. Point. Right. And so um, it's really interesting because we're talking about visual images right now, but where it's heading this is just a small stepping stone in a larger trajectory uh there is going to be there already is really uh ai like movie sort of software ai right. uh video game software and so i was listening to some people talk about this prepping for the show and they're saying that what they kind of envision in the future is ai creating your whole video game experience and so based on every prompt that you've ever put into anything, it'll know exactly what George wants to see and how he wants to play his game right. and all of the things that really are going to make him go and, and, you know, make him have a great experience within this artificial environment. And because it's AI, some of the details are going to be so nuanced, but they're going to be absolutely completely tailored 
to your interests and how you see everything. And so um, this is just the beginning of a lot of different things coming down the road. You know, um, in this same conversation, I thought it was really fascinating that people were talking about, you know, what if you, let's just say I'm a freelancer, right? So I've worked for a lot of different companies over the years. Uh, What if I had a really unique style as an example, right? And I worked for some large company and I created an ad campaign or I created a series of, uh, you know, original works of art for their business for some ad or whatever, you know, let's just say that contract ended. What's going to stop them from using that source art and creating even more artwork that's in my style without me getting paid to do any of it? You know, so the applications and the potential for how it's going to be used down the road, I think, is actually really, really wild. Um, I don't know if people realize this, but you can actually just type in a prompt. Um, You know, people who have used this will know, but you can just type in like, I want a dog in the style of Van Gogh or Picasso, or you can type in a director's name and say, I'm trying to create this scene, but I want it to look like a Tim Burton movie or something like that, you know, and there's so much information that this AI has gathered that it actually does a pretty decent job depending on your prompt in recreating that. And so um, it'll be fascinating to see what happens within the next 10 years with all of this stuff. For sure. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And that then you're suddenly ripping somebody off, but you're not. And it's okay, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> falls in, falls into the, under the cracks, possibly. And that's, that's dangerous in a certain way. But yeah, what is stopping them from imitating you? You know, if you if you imitate Andy Warhol, I think it's pretty obvious and you can't really can't really get away from that uh, style, you know, um, that, that's that's right. a great point. And, and, and I want to mention that there's always, you know, how that, that stupid little phrase, there's an app for that. Well, there's always a movie for that. And uh, I'm mm. thinking uh, Total Recall. He shows up, they make a, a game world for him to enter, and suddenly he's on Mars doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And right. it's it's ha- this has already happened. And with the way Google behaves, the way social media takes everything from you, you might not even need to tell them who you are, the game. You might be able to just log in, and it automatically makes this perfectly tailored game based on your in- the entirety. The Internet of Things kicks in, and your entire history is turned into a video game. Exactly with, right. Even with familiar family images and other stuff, who knows? Yeah, you know, that's right. Knows? Did that's you ever see scary. the movie? It's called uh, Ex Machina or Ex Machina by it, chance? No, but I'm familiar with it. Okay, yeah. So one of the things in that film is that uh, this character is approached by a robot. And right. based on his search history in his browser, they made the ideal woman for him. <laughs> and so they knew exactly what would get him going, the right proportions, the right look, color, hair, the type of everything about it, you know. And so they created this robot woman who was an AI as well. And um, she was custom made for him, which I think is really wow. interesting, too. And you brought up the whole idea of, you know, duplicating you or whatever, mimicking you. Right. Um, we're getting, you know, this conversation is uh, relevant when we're discussing deep fakes, you know, and things like that. Yeah. And they literally can. So, I mean, from how you look to how you speak to what you would actually say, you know, AI is affecting everything right now. And so there are script writing tools that are basically AI. You plug in a subject, maybe where you want it to go, and it'll take care of everything for you. Uh, Obviously, there's a bunch of different apps where you can deep fake, you know, a celebrity, you know, or whatever. And And so, 
very easily now exactly and so one of the things i always think about with all this stuff is when i was playing around with it i was really blown away at the quality of the artwork that i was seeing and i couldn't believe how quickly it worked and what it was producing and in the ways of which you can even refine the artwork too um right and so i was just really taken aback by this quality and just kind of like where it currently is and you can use it on your phone you can use it in your browser you don't need to download any software it's all done in the cloud right, right. and it just got me thinking i'm like if this is what's accessible to us then you know what are the intelligence agencies of the world or what's hollywood uh, how have they been using it for years you know things like that yeah, so yeah. my hunch is that if we have it you know what they actually have behind closed doors maybe in whatever uh black budget sort of like projects and and things like that like what's going on on the underground that we're not privy to just yet you know what's happening there with ai my right. guess would be it's completely nuts um i couldn't agree more that's how it always goes you know they get they bring in these little simple things for you to play around with they see how people interact with them and they get better at those and they're already improving their own stuff that you've never seen yet not mm -hmm. even not even far-fetched in the slightest bit and mm -hmm. i i recall the pong when pong came out the same thing that game was so nothing anyone could play it anybody and um is that the best they could do at the time? I really doubt it, you know, but they, they managed to get you to bring a console into your home. And I think that's a big factor for all of this. Nowadays, we got the phone. That's, that's the thing in the past. But back then, it was a big deal for someone to agree to buy this electronic thing, bring it home mm -hmm. and put it on your TV, you know? And right. um, now yeah. that you mentioned the, you know, the idea of creating something around you, your search history, and it makes this female robot, this fembot, um, it could be used against you in a court of law. Who knows? Say we see you have very conspiratorial minded uh, prompts in your AI art, uh, Mr. Johnson. I think that can go <laughs> in a pretty nasty way too. Don't want to make this an awful thing, but there are there are some negative things coming up from this. And something that I want to mention is that this is like any interactive entertainment. It makes you think that you're in control, a hundred percent, and you're barely in control of ten percent of it. You know, you're you're <laughs> using it, and it, it does what it's supposed to do. It, it helps. It's that's part of the magic. It helps you feel like you're in, you know, you're having a great time on your own and the, I'm in control of all this fun stuff. Look at what I did today. Look at my art that I did today. You know, you, yeah. you type some words in, this is what happened. And I don't want to bring it down. There's obviously going to be some useful things for it. That guy's making book covers. That's cool. But then mm -hmm. you get, then maybe you have one less job that month and that's yeah. not cool. And that happened to me as a musician, when people were showing up and letting the, the the background go while they play guitar only, the bass players don't get a lot of work as a result of that. It happened. Of course, bands still happen. But right. it's harder for them to get the money. And if yeah. one guy shows up, he's getting paid what a full band is getting paid. So why wouldn't you do that? There's incentives, and that's a, a big issue. But um, robots are not going to have the capacity for love and all these other things that come with art and right. your own experiences and your evolution uh, so to speak. And I use that word, you know, in a certain way, a little lightly, but um, <laughs> do you think that yeah. you kind of touched on it, but maybe just a more direct answer. Do you think that this could, if this keeps going in the trajectory that it looks like it's going in, mm -hmm. do you think that real artists, and I put that, you know, real artists like yourself, do you think that you'll be more valuable? Cause it seems like you may be. I think that possibility is there. Yeah, I feel like that could be one of the uh, silver linings down the road, right? And so if everyone is just used to 
you know, uh, being on their phone and being behind a computer and doing things, you know, the digital way, the quick way, the expedient way. I could see there being a case where people who are doing things in a more traditional way, the more analog way, yeah, they are more valuable. You know, it's really interesting too, because right now we're going through this really interesting thing right uh, at the moment. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but a lot of, I know this is the case in the West Coast, at least. There's a lot of uh, businesses that are having a hard time finding employees. Mm, they just oh, they, they, very much here, you know. And so there's I've heard so many different stories like this. Um, you know, a contractor who can't find people who want to work, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you want a new roof or carpet or something like that, depending on where you live, it might be like months before you can get someone out there. Uh, I had a friend who was paving a driveway. N- no matter who they called, they yeah. couldn't find somebody who wanted to pave their driveway. You know, and uh, I live not too far away. I'm like an hour east of Portland, Oregon. But, you know, just finding employees to wash dishes and to like cook and to do things like that, to actually show up physically for a job, it's becoming harder and harder and harder to find these people. And so now there's a lot of companies that are offering huge incentives for somebody who actually wants to show up to a real job, you know, (laughs) Uh, and so I could see this being the case, you know, a plumber or someone who actually has like uh, the skills physically to do things, um, you know, I see their value going up and up like year after year, honestly, right now, because everyone else is doing something online. There's so many streamers out there and there's so many different hustles that people have on the internet that actually finding somebody to do traditional work like this. um, I think that, yeah, that is just going to become more valuable, including, you know, maybe artists and things like that. And I I hope so. You know, I genuinely hope so for sure. And um, that brings up a, I'm going to bring up a little picture here because I saw something came up on my feed. I don't remember where I was or how I saw it, but it was, it was, you know, offering a job essentially. Oh, here it is. Yeah. This whole, you know, Hey, become an AI artist. The jobs are already being offered. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure how it works, what the pay rate is or anything along those lines, but this is, you know, this is like a right now thing. And um, everything seems to be infiltrated by this at this point. And it happened really, really fast, which is Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that makes me suspicious of it at the same time. You know, that's usually where I'm at. If something just suddenly explodes out of nowhere like this too, you know, make your whole D&D story. This comes right back to you saying kids aren't going to use crayons anymore. Uh, You're not supposed to have something make your D&D campaign for you. (laughs) This this isn't the point of all this. You know, I I don't, I don't, I don't quite get it. And I, I think that not to divert, but I was thinking about, but I think you mentioned it the last time we talked that um, 2001 Space Odyssey. Remember yeah. what happened with the AI there? Um, Hal, that <laughs> not necessarily a good thing. And and in relation to that, of course, I was going to sign up for one of these AI art things. Mm-hmm. And the placeholder company was SpaceX. And SpaceX.com was the domain. So I'm not even remotely surprised that these things are connected. Yeah. But it's just a, just a side note there because, man... It's, 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 it's coming quick, this whole thing, you know, and, um, and you go ahead. Cause I, I, I think I can, that's enough. Yeah, no, no, dude, you're, you're absolutely right. It is coming quick. Um, and I guess what I think about too, I, I don't want to demonize technology basically, but okay. there is absolutely a correlation with the, um, amount of technology we're all being exposed to, especially the younger generation and, mental health issues, emotional health issues, spiritual issues, things like that. Right. And so this is something that I just can't ignore. You know, Um, I think there is a direct relationship with how much people, 
scroll, you know, and spend time on their phone, on yes. TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, everything else. And um, it is one of these things where I think technology seeks to drive a wedge between everything. It wants to be the mediator between everything, between relationships, how you do business, how you create art or music or anything else like that. Technology is really great at finding its place in between everything, any kind of transaction. Um, that's kind of how I tend to see it. So as an example, right now, obviously, we're talking through technology, right? Sure. This wouldn't have been possible however many decades ago. <laughs> um, but I'm just noticing, and I think it's pretty obvious that uh, there is a um, cause and effect situation going on here. So as convenience with technology you know, becomes more and more abundant in our lives. Right. Um, at what cost? You know what I mean? Um, you know, what are we losing then? Um, being inside, being exposed to, uh, you know, blue light, you know, being exposed to uh, EMF frequencies all the time, yeah. being exposed to all of the different ads and information that we all see on a daily basis. You know, I was reading an article years ago and it was saying like the average person, I think it was maybe like a hundred years ago or even maybe a little bit further than that. Um, the amount of information they consumed in one lifetime, you know, it was just minuscule compared to how much information we're all exposed to all the time now, you yes. know, so you log on, you're going to see dozens of ads. You're going to see um, just so many different links. You go to YouTube and you're going to be hit with all these different thumbnails, you know? And so um, I'm just kind of acknowledging that, technology as it creeps into our lives we're going to see more and more mental emotional health issues and things like that and i know that right now there's a whole wave of young artists that are very distraught over this ai thing that was one of the interesting things wow. i came across um prepping for the show yeah. is that there are multiple videos of artists who are basically saying that they're they're throwing in the towel that they're quitting because ai is so good that there's no possible way that they can compete with it. And so um, why even try, essentially? <laughs> right. So there's people out there that are encouraging people like, no, just because this is coming, continue to refine your craft, continue to do your right. thing, you know? And um, there's all of these kind of like emotional support groups right now um, of artists kind of coming together to talk about this AI thing and, you know, the merits of it and what they should do about it and everything else. So, um you know, the implications, I, I, I see them kind of everywhere, but um, yeah. I'm just kind of noticing this even with my own like family, you know, my nieces and nephews and things like that. And they're just a different breed because they grew up with technology in a way that I didn't necessarily. Right. So yeah. from the get go, they had broadband Internet, they had tablets, they had cell phones, all these different things. And uh, that's cool to a certain extent. But, you know, getting out in nature and kind of understanding your body and just knowing how reality works and not needing to be constantly stimulated and right. using your brain and everything else. Obviously, um, there, there's benefits to doing all of that the old school way. Sure. And there's benefits to the powers that should not be if you don't do it. So even even just rudimentary yoga, time for yourself to think or even less than that, even just meditating can mm -hmm. really do a lot for you. You find yourself, and I know that sounds so hippie and cliche, and it's so true. And everything you said is perfect about that. It, it is, it's there. We're not going to stop it now. But it would do us well to find a way to moderate, especially with the youth, because mm -hmm. it seems like the only thing to do. 
And it's hardly the only thing to do. No matter where you live, it's like, oh, there's nothing to do here. Like, there's at least some kind of nature preserve or something you can go to at the very least. And that can be a very re rewarding experience to have time, you know, with yourself or with somebody you love. It's it's something that will um, hopefully not go away because a lot of those dystopian movies show that there there is nothing to do <laughs> once you get to that point. So we got to we got to hope that our phones are not the last resort and only empower us. But as long as Google is there, it's it's tough. There's there's no denying right. that also. Exactly. But, um, I wanted to mention the in the Rick Kurzweil book, The um, Age of Spiritual Machines, he mentions the law of time and chaos. And I think we're in the law of increasing chaos. As chaos goes up, the um, time between salient events also increases. In other words, less important things happen. Um, you know, and they they happen farther apart from each other. It's not a, a boom of of awesome things happening one after the other. Uh, do you think that we're in that position right now with the AI art? It seems to have boomed, and maybe it's going to kind of sit where it is for a little bit before anything changes. What what do you think about that? I think that makes sense. Um, yeah. I've heard it be called uh, kind of like a quickening sort of thing. Uh, oh yeah, quickening. Oh, that's yeah. the same sort of idea, but it sounds yeah. like it is. Yeah. You know, and um, this also too, it's something that I've thought about for years. Um, It'll come to me. Uh, there's a book that discusses this. And hmm. essentially, it's like the more and more information that's put out there, like I think about the 24-hour news cycle, right? right. Um, it gets people all stirred up. And it gets people, um, it makes people anxious, essentially. you know. And then there's this feeling that you can't keep up with current affairs. And that, oh my God, the, the sky is falling and things like yeah. that, you know? And so it really is this kind of tornado. Um, and so I do see it kind of, going faster and faster and that's what technology does there's even a rule of technology where it like doubles um you know increasingly at a more exponential rate you know and so yeah absolutely i definitely see that that that's going on and i think that's partly why too these younger people who are on their phones and on so social media and everything else i think that's why they're prone to depression and anxiety and everything else because um there, it's too much to keep up with you you can't keep right. up with the internet the, you know, the internet's going to win every single time. Yeah. <laughs> right. So right. there's always going to be this fear of missing out or what have you, you know. And so finding this balance with everything, I think, is going to be more crucial kind of um, moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, 100 percent, man. And, you know, I I maybe had one or two other things to mention, but I was I think we should move on to what I was truly inspired by here because this whole thing came up because my very good old friend, uh, Mike, you know who you are if you're watching, he sent me an article that really, really got me thinking about all this stuff even more than I already was because I see it. You know, some of the people I know are using it. it the advertisements that I just showed keep popping up. And mm -hmm. it was an ABC News article about this character. We'll call it a character, a cryptid, they're calling it, um, named Loeb, who apparently happened... Uh, you know, beyond their knowledge of how it could have happened. It's not supposed to be this way. And uh, the images are very interesting. And I think it's going to pertain to a lot of the things we just said. Yeah. But maybe as a way to kind of turn this into an, uh, you know, first half, second half episode, I, I wrote down a quote from Richard Wagner, who was this uh, German composer in the mid 19th century that, you know, he's, you love to hate him. He's not a nice guy. He may have helped bring in um, everything that people know of Germany from the early 20th century through the culture, through the art, this can happen. But the reason I want to mention him is because he wrote a book called the artwork of the future. Mm -hmm. And again, this is the mid 19th century. So he had this concept called Gesamtkunstwerk, 
which is the total artwork. And he didn't simply want to make an opera and then let somebody else write it out and, and somebody else do the, you know, the, the set and somebody else do the clothing. He did everything himself, total artwork. And it's a beautiful concept. It's the kind of thing where AI art would be the complete opposite, I would say, which is another reason I'm thinking about this stuff right now. But he was a genius in a lot of regards. Mm. Uh, before his time, you put the orchestra and the opera in front of everyone and that was it. But he had his own orchestral hall to work with. He put the he put this moat around the uh, the seating area and the orchestra was in there. So the sound actually came out around the audience, a surround sound, which I think is just incredible. Just to give you an idea of what kind of ingenuity comes with you doing your doing the work yourself, doing it you know by hand from scratch. This is what can happen. You can change the the history of whatever medium you're working in. Um, the you know till the fat lady sings the the big uh, huge opera singer with the with the um the barbarian horns that's where all this comes from. So if you don't mind, give me a second. I want to read a paragraph from this book that I found to be totally pertinent to everything we discussed and everything we're about to discuss with this ABC article. I do have some images to show of that too, so don't worry about that. But um, this is October twenty sixth, eighteen forty nine. Richard Wagner, Das Kunstwerk der Zukunft. Don't, I apologize for anyone German if I'm blowing that. The artwork of the future. Man will never be that which he can and should be until his life is a true mirror of nature, a conscious following of the only real necessity, the inner natural necessity, and is no longer held in subjugation to an outer artificial counterfeit, which is thus no necessary, but an arbitrary power. Then first will man become a living man, whereas till now he carries on a mere existence, dictated by the maxims of this or that religion, nationality, or state. In like manner will art not be the thing she can and should be until she is or can be the true conscious image and exponent of the real man and of man's genuine nature-bidden life, until she therefore needs no longer borrow the conditions of her being from the errors, perversities, and unnatural distortions of our modern life. Mm. so again i know i had uh maybe you had a chance to see it i had sent it to you earlier than this i'm not just surprising him with this big paragraph <laughs> but um i i really i really felt it i really felt this it, it's missing nowadays mm -hmm. and it's because of things like this we're being de detached from the natural world at every moment everywhere we look and this speaks to again the opposite we're getting a lot of inversions lately in our world and our culture. Your show, you you teach so much in a small amount of time. And inversion is the nature of the way symbology works in a certain way, especially when you try to see it from the, the point of view that it's meant to. Mm -hmm. And um what does this evoke in you speaking at you know from an artist? What does this what does this bring out of you? Yeah, I mean, what it makes me think of is um, you know, just the journey of self, the inner journey. And what that represents and how beneficial it is and how I think that that's kind of what we're supposed to do here is understand self. And it goes back to the old adage, know thyself and you'll know the universe. Mm. And arguably, we live in the age of distraction. There are so many distractions. And I also think we kind of live in the age of uh, addiction, you know, maybe yeah. even tech addiction and things like that. And to me, when I hear um, people talk about addiction, I the word that comes to my mind almost immediately is avoidance. 
of self mm. that I think that's really what addictions are all about is a way to avoid self. So whether it's through drugs or sex or whatever it might be, video games or what have you, it's uh, basically a means to avoid doing that inner work, doing that personal work, you know, and um, it's it's a way for you to ignore, you know, all the things that are kind of happening within you, I would say. And so I think AI and technology, it has this um you know it, it basically it, it kind of helps that cause of avoiding self i think in a lot of ways so if you're only making ai art as an example if that's the only world you know is making right. ai art and the all you know the artists that you appreciate or like are ai artists and that's kind of your world you know i think that you're unfortunately kind of robbing yourself of opportunities to discover your true north or your true authenticity, you know? So I think that's kind of what being creative is all about and kind of flexing that creative muscle and creating artwork and seeing what you're actually capable of doing and maybe wanting to hone your skill or become better at your craft or whatever. Um, You know, it's kind of like uh, it's therapeutic as I was saying earlier, but it's kind of like food for the soul sort of thing. And so I, that's what I see with a lot of this technology is just, you're constantly looking for external validation. Um, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you're, you might be looking for some sort of uh, messiah or scapegoat or whatever. It's, it's basically, it's taking you away from self. And so that's kind of one of the larger things that I feel like is uh, appropriate to talk about with all this stuff is um, not being tapped into, you know, your own uh, personal journey and what that's all about and where you're currently at. And so then, as I was saying earlier with the mental health issues and stuff, it makes a lot of sense that people would be, you know, having these types of inner conflicts um, because they're spending all their time looking at other people's videos, other people's artwork, you know, they're just scrolling and, you know, they're never actually truly reflecting. I don't think. Right. Other people's vacations on top of everything. That's else. right. Yeah. And it is exactly. very depressing. Of course it's depressing. Yeah. And you, you can go on vacations also, but you're not doing that one at that time. And then you're like, oh, I'm stuck here. You know, you don't think about <laughs> your whole life that you have around you. And really beautifully said, because a lot of people, they do come home and go straight to sports or video games. And, you know, the family's right there, maybe even in the same room, but they're doing their own thing. And, and not only is it out of themselves, but it's out of their own family. And this yeah. is a big dividing factor for a lot of people. And it leads to depression and other things the other d's divorce death it's very unfortunate that it happens and um you can you can only be lucky if you get out of it in time i thought covid was gonna kick everyone out of it but more people are watching and betting on sports than ever and um video games are still thriving pretty well and that's you know there's a there's a there's good in all of this yeah exactly if you're at the thanksgiving dinner and and the football's on on the tv you don't tell everyone turn this off it's not that's not the point of any of this this is about you know finding finding yourself and and if you think you can't or you don't have time for it then maybe one of these addictions has to be removed from your life it'll mm-hmm. probably make a very huge impact on how much time you have every week besides a job you know work life balance we're talking about work life balance here you know <laughs> that's right yeah yeah exactly uh you probably already know this you know but i heard someone the other day talk about how people are now watching movies and how they're now watching netflix and stuff um you know obviously more people than ever are watching at home they're choosing to watch things at home instead of going to the theater um and people are cutting the cord so they actually don't have real cable tv anymore it's all youtube or whatever um netflix and what have you but people are now uh what the guy was saying is that 
people will turn on a movie and then they're also on their phone uh-huh. and then they're scrolling on their phone. And then when they find something more interesting on their phone, they pause the movie or just stop the movie entirely. And then they go down the right. rabbit hole of what's on their phone. So it's no longer enough for people to have one gigantic screen in front of them. You know, they need to have a second screen there to keep them occupied. And this is part of the quickening too. people's um, attention spans, obviously are getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. So, um, the reward kind of um, is like creating a piece of art that maybe took, you know, an afternoon or all day or a week right. or a month. You know what I mean? There's something very rewarding about seeing it all the way through and kind of having that whole entire journey of, uh, you know, uh, pre-production, production, post-production. And um, people are kind of being robbed of that journey or experience too if they're only going to create ai art which i could see happening uh in the future but um i think that essentially the powers that should not be if you want to call them that the or the technocracy or whatever you want to say i really truly feel as though they don't really care what you're consuming online so long as you're glued to that screen so long as you're glued to a screen i think that's kind of the biggest thing and so I see this as, um, you know, almost like a, the screen is my understanding is the first original screen was designed as like a spirit box sort of thing is they oh, were yeah, trying to that. communicate with the other side. And then it developed into being a uh, functional television that you can send signals to. <laughs> okay. And if you just look at the trajectory of the screen too, it really blows your mind, dude. You know, so just think about it. It's like in the, I believe it's the late forties. Um, and the fifties, that's when people really started getting a lot of televisions, you know, in the house and everything else in the sixties, it became really common. It just got more and more and more common, but it's fascinating. Um, you know, you used to see, uh, moving imagery, you know, on a projected screen, you know, at a theater or something like that. And it was across the room and then those screens got larger and then now they're in your home and they're across the living room. And then those screens got bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And then we got the personal computer. So now the screen isn't across the room. It's on your desk. And then those screens got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then our phones, you know, got screens obviously yep. at some point. And now we're just putting it right to our face. And yeah. obviously with uh, virtual reality and things like that, you know, I just see the screen having gone from being across the room in a theater getting closer and closer and closer to you and now being right in front of your face. And then now people voluntarily wearing goggles so that the screen completely envelops their whole entire uh, vision, you know? So literally they want to be in that world. And I think if you just take this idea even further, um, what it says to me is that technology wants to bond with us. Technology wants to be within us, you know, just like these, um, uh, chips that people are talking about, of you know, course, with Elon yeah, the, Musk the and singularity. This is yeah. the singularity that they're yep. looking for. Yep. Yeah, of course. The I just did an episode on the brain chips. It's 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 pretty scary, you know, that people are willing <laughs> to. You know, you have to open up your head. You're getting in, inside your skull to do this. To touch your brain. There's going to be bugs. There's going to be problems. And um, right. that's just the that's the that's the easy stuff. There's there's more. There's more to the story, but. Uh, really well said again really uh, you know i i picture the old let's just say let's just go with 1900 you ride down the street this family's in their backyards this family's outside suddenly it's 1970 and you're you're mm-hmm. riding your bike down the street and all you see is the glow of televisions through windows and nobody's outside mm-hmm. and um 
And all their information is funneled through there too, especially when there were less channels. Everyone mm -hmm. knew the same thing. The sky is the only thing that everyone can see simultaneously. And now with the TV, everyone can watch the same thing from miles away if they're you know in their living room watching the TV. And that's that's not good. That's that the lack of variety is a big danger on top of everything else. It's it's pretty scary. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's really fascinating. The thing, the metaphor I always used to kind of like sit on and, and think about is the idea of a central hearth in your right. home. And right. even just like a simple primitive, primitive uh, hut, you know, yeah. or um, some sort of basic structure where you have the hearth in the middle, you have the fire in the middle, you cooked on that fire, you know, and then you have this central hole you know, um, above the structure right. and how that was like the center of like your home, uh, very right. strategically too, by the way, I was just reading about this and I've talked about it recently on a few different podcasts, but this was a sacred thing, you know? And so, um, looking at fire with your family and telling stories, you know, having some sort of oral tradition or history that you would pass on to people like this was where everything was at, you right. know? Right. Um, and it was the center of 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 life because it it provided warmth and like all of these different things, um, and then I think that the hearth kind of was replaced with the television, you yeah. know, and so now that is kind of like it, it's just it's just it's a different sort of ball game, right? It's different oh, kind of cool. light, you know, everything else. But I really feel like on like a very deep sort of like subconscious level, that's kind of what we're interfacing with. Our ancestors looked at fire and they saw all of these mystical things, all of these very interesting things that are very important to our psychology. And <laughs> right. now we've replaced it with, uh, you know, what uh, I kind of call all the time monoliths. You know, I think this is kind yeah. of like the symbolic monolith from 2001. You know, it's it, it is. You're right. When it's off, it's the Black Mirror, as I'm, I'm sure yeah. people know that show. Um, yeah. I didn't see it, but I know. I know what it's all about. I've seen the things that it's talked about. Sure. Um, you're right about that. And it has a flickering of sorts, you know, depending on what you're watching, too. So it really is it potentially made to imitate in a certain way. And why wouldn't it be? If you if you have this symbolic spiritual history of sitting amongst a, a flame, and then the TV comes in, it almost feels natural. It always feels natural. It never is. But because people grow up with things, that, that is what's natural. And now, like you said, they're growing up with cell phones. So that's mm. natural. And it's anything but, you know. So let, let, let's break off into this article now that inspired everything. Because it's bringing yeah. up some interesting ideas for me. And um, here is potentially the, <laughs> the face of the future here. We have this <laughs> character named Loeb, L-O-A-B. They're calling it a cryptid. That's something like the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. I don't think that's what this is. We're seeing it. We can reproduce it, apparently. And um, a lot of interesting adjectives get put on this thing. The unknowable, unimaginable future of AI art. And um, the, there's this Atlantic article that said, Loeb is a form of expression that has never existed before. And what what is it? Generated by accident, in quotes, in my opinion, by this person, super composite. Steph Swanson from Uppsala, Sweden. And uh, this came, this was discovered in April 2022 by a 31-year-old. I think that might be part of the story that helps us not feel like it's some random teenager, you know, messing around with. Because this, again, we're just typing words in a box. That's where all of this comes from. And um, so th the bottom line is this. They're using a, a specialized version of finding images called negative weight prompts where you ask the prompt to actually find the opposite of what you're writing. Here's another image of Loeb here. You'll start to see that her face is pretty much always there. This essentially takes away the idea that it's random AI, I, I imagine, but maybe it doesn't. And um, 
so like I said, they they were this person was working with negative weight prompts. And what Super Composite did is it asked for the opposite of Marlon Brando, the actor from back in the day. Yeah. And uh, Rebel Without a Cause, I think. And um, this is what we get. We get this business card looking thing. So then they asked for the opposite of that and and Loeb appeared. And Loeb kept appearing. They called it a dominant gene. And um, <laughs> before we get in deeper with it, where is this coming from? And by the way, negative weight prompts, this is, this is a requested inversion. It's meant mm. to be an inversion. Mm-hmm. Which is already, it's already something right there. What, yeah. what do you make of all this? Oh man, you know, um, <laughs> I think it's fascinating. I, I think it's really interesting. This phenomenon is even occurring. I'm not. I'm kind of not surprised in a lot of ways. Um, but right. it, it makes me wonder, you know, if there's a, a way to put in, you know, memes and subliminal imagery, mm. and uh, kind of trigger um, images and stuff in. Wow you know, some of these generated images. And right. so is, is there, is this truly random, you know, is this actually kind of like an organic sort of thing based on how AI works or is there something maybe going on uh, beyond that? Um, it makes me think that when I first read that article, I started thinking about what, because they associate her um, with death and gore. Right. And uh, I can't remember what they said specifically about her being a mother. Correct. Yeah, the mother archetype. They actually use that term. Yeah, right. And so I thought of, uh, you know, the symbolism of the mother of monstrosities or the mother of abominations. And it just kind of got me going in that direction. And so there are several goddesses, I guess you could say, that fit within this category. Uh, Tiamat is one of them. Uh, Angerboda is one of them from the Norse pantheon. Right. Uh, the Scarlet Woman or Whore of Babylon is also one of them. And it's this idea that uh, there is a primordial sort of mother. Oftentimes, she's related to the serpent or the dragon or the hippopotamus. Um, it's a very interesting history that I'm reading about right now. So it's just kind of on my mind. Uh, uh-huh. But the idea is that um, she produces monstrosities. Uh, Sophia from uh, Gnosticism is very much like this. She gives birth to the demiurge, right. the right. lion-headed serpent. You know, so it just makes me wonder: is this somehow an expression? of this general idea. You know, I don't know. I'm just spitballing over here, but it also makes no, me think about, good. you know, egregores and, and entities and, and demons right. and, and things like that. And, you know, um, what really is the relationship between these sorts of things and technology? You know, if television started off as being a, a medium to communicate with the other side, <laughs> right, if right. it was a spirit box what is going on with all of this other stuff? You know, I don't say, I I don't claim to have all the answers essentially, but it just gets my mind going in these sorts of directions. So that, those are my two cents quickly. Definitely. Definitely. And and because that dominant gene was actually a quote from this article and they said mother archetype, one of the, you know, typical ways to classify it is uh, stubborn. You have to be stubborn as a mom. Of course you do. And that's the idea of this dominant gene just keeps reading. We'll show you some more images soon. There's, tons of these lobe images they kept appearing and they said this shouldn't be happening ai art isn't supposed to give me the same thing how is this happening it's weirding me out you know that kind of thing and yeah. one person was commenting to the super composite person said don't mess with demons or you will be punished by god 
Um, and maybe mm. it's the opposite or the inversion of the story of Job, which sounds like Loeb. We can talk about that maybe in a minute. But you had mentioned the Demiurge. That's interesting mm. because the, the Demiurge was able to create people but not give them life. And mm. perhaps that's exactly what AI is, is AI art, mm -hmm. I mean. Where it's right. just this lifeless thing that's coming from your texts. How how sterile is a text box? It's one of the most sterile things ever, ever, <laughs> in my opinion. And right. that um, that's got a that's a small factor, perhaps. And um, they, absolutely, they, maybe they relied on this. They they gave her a, a chance to speak. Now, again, I'm I'm as I'm reading this article, I keep thinking that this is this is must be made or something because I I can't see this being just all a bunch of random coincidental things that are happening but they use this gpt3 speech converter which is just like dr spazzo if anyone used that back in the day you type in it it speaks back in a very robotic voice i'm sure it's much better technology now um and they got her to talk and you know it said oh i i don't want to be represented like this i'm i'm just a nice person maybe i am a mother but all this gore is just because I have a lot of like um scary mm. thoughts about the future of my children and, and all this other stuff and there's a whole story now with this Loeb character, it seems like it is a story. I'm sure it did well for super super composite. If that person made this up, good job because that it, it it worked. You know, they really got the bandwagon. All the people are interviewing her. She was on Rolling Stone. Or mm. he, I'm not sure actually if it's a woman or a man. I'm sorry, but um, then so the story doesn't necessarily end there. Um, they uh, super composite then combined Loeb at request of a glass tunnel surrounded by angels in the style in the style of Wes Anderson who was like you were <laughs> mentioning earlier is the director's styles right yeah. so you can do that so this is what ended up happening we got Loeb but she's covered in gore we don't know if she did anything or if something happened near her it doesn't mm. say that she killed anything but it looks interesting to say the very least on the left we have that kind of uh, butcher's rubber outfit right to prevent you from getting all gored up as you as you slaughter things so that's a mm. potential with that right there. Yeah. And um, and then I got one more image to show about what happened once we combined with Wes Anderson, who doesn't have violent movies like this at all. But maybe the style is a little more of a clearer, more of a mm. you know clean looking uh, representation here. Mm -hmm. And here we see, you know, it's nightmare fuel, whatever. If you're used to horror movies, it's no big deal. But uh, something we ended up when we were chatting the other day, I was thinking out loud that. Wes Anderson? Why Wes Anderson? You know, it doesn't seem to be a very violent thing at all in uh, his movies that I've seen. But Wes Craven is a horror director. Freddy Krueger, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Last House on the Left, a bunch of other ones. So mm -hmm. is it possible that the AI kind of went to the wrong Wes and gave them all this violence as a result? It's, <laughs> it could be one of the faults of AI art that it doesn't right. exactly get it perfect. Right, right. Yeah, Craven. exactly. When are we going to get our first AI movie? <laughs> you know, I could see that happening sooner film, than later. right? Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. From you know the script to everything, and so I think that's probably coming. Um, You're right, and deep fake all the actors that you want. It doesn't matter who it is, you know. Right. Um, and <laughs> this super composite said, "I have an easier time reproducing this lobe than celebrities in the AI art. How is that even possible? The data dump for celebrity images should be uh, limitless, and right. this lobe shouldn't have much information at all online. So that yeah. might come to another thing you had mentioned is that." where is it grabbing this info from? Is it the whole internet or are there are certain things? I believe you mentioned them as data packets. Yeah. And you had also talked about, I'd love for you to remind or tell the audience about 
does it matter what IP address you use? We, you yeah, were saying yeah, that TikTok right. works differently in China than it does here. I'm sure yeah. that there's something to that. Yeah, right. So if people have ever been on TikTok, you'll know that it's very addictive and you just scroll and scroll and scroll and there's video after video after video. It's all algorithm based. And that's kind of actually part of the conversation is just the algorithm takeover with everything. You know, so social media used to be like, if I followed George on social media, I would see all of his posts regardless because I'm following right. him. Right. Now what's happening in large part because of TikTok, but I just think everything's going there. And so now uh, Instagram is following suit. I think Facebook is following suit. So Meta is following suit. Um, and I think all of the social media, probably platforms of the future are probably going to do something very similar in that now it doesn't matter who you follow. So if I follow you, if the algorithm doesn't like your post for whatever reason, if it's not popular enough or interesting enough, I just am not going to see it. And so following somebody on social media means something uh, now that it didn't mean years ago. Mm. And so the algorithm chooses what you see. And the most popular feature on TikTok is literally just um, your, your for you page. And so that means that the algorithm knows what kinds of videos you like. And right. so it's choosing videos that they think you're going to find interesting and you may not know who any of these creators are at all. Yeah. And that's the goal is to feed you new stuff. And so that you're constantly entertained. So you're constantly glued to the app and everything else. So the algorithm chooses all of that stuff for you. Wow. Now in China, the algorithm is basically saying, Hey, let's give uh, the youth of China. Who's probably mostly on TikTok versus, right. you know, probably the older generations, um, let's give them things that are actually going to educate them, make them more patriotic, make them um, think that, you know, China is the greatest country in the world, things right. like that. So it's very tailored towards that here in the U.S., you know, it's I hate to say it, but there's a lot of trash, you know, on TikTok. Right. And that's, so that's there's just lots of low hanging fruit. Um, and so that's what the youth of America, that's what they're seeing, you know, so if you just get on it, you're going to be fed all of this information. So whether you live in China or you live in the US, it's the same app technically, you know, but you're going to see radically different videos and content. It's going to be pushed to you in different ways. And so it's been said that China is obviously clearly well aware of this <laughs> and that it's kind of like this Trojan horse sort of thing where they're intentionally pushing this garbage media on the youth over here. And then for their children, they're getting lots of different types of content that's actually going to potentially benefit them or at least benefit the country, I'll say. Right. Um, at least slightly polar opposite for the most part than ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Benefit. So a lot, I should be doing lots of air quotes over here. But, um, <laughs> but so we have the inversion of TikTok here then, I assume, in a, yeah, certain, yeah. Way, in a certain way. Right. So it just makes me wonder, you know, um, with AI art, as an example, are there going to be different guardrails if you live here versus you live in, you know, South America or China or Europe or something like that? Mm. Um, because that's just kind of the deal now. Uh, right. yeah, it's really fascinating to me, actually. So it's like every single country really has their own parameters of like, yes, you guys can use Netflix. No, this country does not have Netflix. You can buy this movie. No, you can't have it here. You know, there's all these different permissions and there's copyright stuff and things like right. that. So depending on the country, unless you're using some sort of, um, you know, I don't know, VPN sort of thing or right. Tor sort of browser thing or whatever, um, there's going to be guardrails on what you can access. So it just makes me wonder if there's going to be any kind of guardrails 
with AI, which actually is the perfect segue to talk about one of the things that I find to be, you know, a, a tad bit uh, disturbing uh, if this is how things are just going to be down the road. Right. But um, I was unaware until I started using Midjourney, one of the apps out there, that there are banned words. And so I can't even remember what the word was, but it says you cannot use this word. Oh, you got you, you tried using one and it, it said no. It said no. And I'm like, well, what other banned words are there? So I found a list of banned words and some of them are kind of obvious, you know, uh, but they have a whole big, long laundry list of banned words. So I thought it was really interesting uh, that you basically can't create nudity on these apps. You, You are not allowed to generate nude imagery. And if you look at art history, it's completely chock full of nudes. If you look at, <laughs> yes, uh, you know, yes. mythology or whatever, and you're looking into mythological statues and works of art and everything else, you're going to see lots of nude figures. Right. And so it's like, where's the world going to be if most people start using AI um, generated art to create things, but there's all of these guardrails put up that you can't even create nude images or whatever. So um, to me, that's an issue. The fact that you just can't put anything into these prompts and, as always, they say that it's for the community, right? Uh, right, right. You know what I mean? Community standards and everything else. That's the and Trojan so, horse. Yep. Exactly right. So it's like the the road to hell is paved with good intentions, you know? <laughs> yeah. And Midjourney's founder is damn good at it, man. He's ex-NASA researcher. He's got no problem with the future of AI. He wants to combine it with VR headsets. I mean, clearly, you know, he wants to um, expand the potential of the human species. You've heard that before. It's a scary thing to hear, man. <laughs> That's right, dude. Exactly. When I was listening to these guys talk about some of this stuff, uh, I was, I guess I wasn't that surprised to hear it, but I'm like, well, here we go. This is just another example of, of this. Um, but they were saying that these programmers and perhaps this guy that you brought up, that they don't really look at AI art as like any kind of end game. This is just a stepping mm-hmm. stone. So if right. AI is going to be, truly robust and complex and be able to have like actual real original thoughts, then at the very least it needs to be able to create artwork or create these AI environments or whatever. So they look at this as a stepping stone. This is just one step towards like greater, larger goals. Right. And the fellow said that these guys aren't even interested in uh, making a profit right now Hmm. because their end goal is to create, a utopia. <laughs> and so to me, is. that is, if you hear somebody talking like that, it should send up red flags, you know, immediately. And so um, to me, that was kind of disturbing to hear that. Although I guess I'm not surprised, but there's a lot of people who think that utopia will come with AI, with more technology, with brain sure. chips, you know, all these different types of things. So there, Perfect. this is a whole uh, philosophy. You know, when you talk to these programmers, you mentioned Ray Kurzweil and, and things like right. that. It's like, it comes with this whole entire framework, this whole entire perspective of, no, we just, we need this and it's going to be great. What Don't you want to think five times faster than what you're currently thinking? <laughs> right. Right. Or don't you want things to be, you know, happen uh, at a more expedited rate than what they currently are going at or whatever? Yep. And so yep. it's like, but at what cost, right? Always. Of course. No, always. And you know, you're reminding me now that I wasn't sure if I was going to show it, but it, even if you don't think these companies are interlocked, and they all are, of course they are, mm-hmm. take a look at these three logos real quick. Here is, and you're, you, I'm sure you've made a logo in your life. <laughs> um, yep. Here's Neuralink. Mm. Here's, hold on. Here's Meta. 
it's similar enough. I'm not saying they're exact, but obviously mm. we're looking at some, some mm. similar device here. And then I was very surprised to find out that um, when I was looking at this ABC article, that ABC News has even changed it. I had no idea, dude. So clearly there's a similarity even in their logos. Yeah. So and that means there's a similarity in their logos. You know, they have these yes. ideas. They wanna they wanna push certain images for certain reasons. Um, we could talk about it for hours. But how interesting is that? You know, yeah, that like, right. a company ABC would change their logo to that. I mean, come on. There's there's a there's a lot of reasons for these things. It's it shouldn't just happen and then you idly forget about it and you move on. There, there's right. no way to say sorry for the things they've already done, and it's only getting worse. You know. Yeah. Um, and and there's already this low level of public trust and information integrity. This is actually from the article. Maybe integrity will disintegrate altogether, or at least our perception of it. Can we not trust even one article that it wasn't created by an AI bot or any image? It, anything can happen. If they want to bring some guy down, they can just produce a deep fake video of him doing something terrible. And the yeah. whole thing could be AI generated at this point. Because like you said, I'm sure their technology is better than ours. And anything goes anything goes yeah it's we're already kind of over the hump as far as that goes once the screen is on whether you're watching news or movies whatever's going on behind the camera you don't see any of it whatever's right off the shot you don't see it you're not seeing when i'm sur I'm surrounded by books and paper right you don't see any of it you just get what i'm what i'm want you to see and it's like that with news as well it's Absolutely. worth mentioning right now wag the dog i don't know if you've ever seen yeah. that one yes it's great. I saw it, it was like 20 years old now, right? I saw it when it came out, actually. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Excellent. So, yeah, wag the dog on steroids with AI. <laughs> right. Is it older? It might even be older. It might be like 22 years old or more. Oh, geez. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Holy crap, man. Yes. But, you know, there's a race going on right now. That was another thing that kind of uh, was brought to my attention, that there's a mm -hmm. race, at least amongst these people who are creating these apps and everything else, uh. to create the most sophisticated ai the best right. ai and it's growing in leaps and bounds you know i don't claim to know what their development history looks like or who's actually doing these things right that's the other thing i it, i'm very skeptical on where this technology is even coming from you know are there actually you know are they is it coming from real people in silicon valley and around the country and they're on their <laughs> laptops and they're just programming and coding or is it coming from another source a deep state sort of source or whatever i'm not sure i don't really know um, it would not surprise me at all. But one of the things that I thought was very interesting is that one of these programmers said that it's basically our duty to create this. We have to create this. We have to keep on going, even though it might be an invasion of your privacy. And even right. though there might be all of these different things that people aren't necessarily stoked about, we have to do this because, and this is what this fellow was saying, because yeah. if we don't do it, Russia and China <laughs> is going to get ahead of the curve and they're going to develop the best AI. So I'm like, dude, this is, is this a new space race, right? Yeah. It, that's what it sounds like. Is this like a new Very cold war sort of space race between the U S Russia and China, or is that the narrative that they're putting out? Right? Um, right. And so I just think it's fascinating because that's what some people were saying about, uh, you know, the space, the American space program, essentially. And we're going back to 2001, a space odyssey, which was released sure. in 1968 right. with this AI. And the sentiment was, if we don't go first, they're going to go and that's going to be terrible. So we now have to be, at the forefront of all of this technology and just develop it because it's coming, you know? So I just thought that was a really interesting thing. I wasn't expecting that 
some sort of geopolitical yeah. angle was going to be brought into the fold with the development of all of these apps. So, yeah. I, I so some that, people are looking at it on that level. Great that you said that, really, and that's a good way to kind of taper out of this because that's everything I'm trying to do on this show is bring attention and awareness to things that are right in front of your face. It's mm -hmm. always right there for you to see. But as soon as this particular thing, this lobe, this this apparent um, self-proclaimed cryptid shows up in all the major news outlets, they want you to, it's, I'm not saying that they want the imagery to strike you, but they want you to know that AI art is a thing and that you need to get on because it's a brand new burgeoning thing that you've got, you've got to try it. If you have a phone in your hands, you might as well do this too. And mm -hmm. uh, don't forget there's a sign up and a lot of them cost money too. And that's, that's yeah. okay, whatever. Yeah. But um, it could be like any sure that you on make AI app, but it's probably not most of them, especially after reading this article, talking about all kinds of things about, you know, losing integrity in news and this, you know, comparing it to the space race, like you did. I see all the parallels. It's the mm -hmm. same story retold over and over again, like any myth. And um, I bet if we really dug into every word that's been said about Loeb so far, we'd find a, a myth word for word in there. We almost did. We were talking about the Demiurge. We, we had all kinds of stuff <laughs> happening. And it, the relations yeah. are actually pretty accurate. I don't think it's far-fetched to say half the things we said. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that's an incredibly prescient way to look at where this is going. Mm -hmm. And um, just remember that it could lead to anything like an everything app or whatever they want to push on you. If you think that every tweet from, you know, Elon Musk, Donald Trump, whoever is actually them, I, I'm I'm here to tell you that I don't really think that there's a good chance. They they either have somebody doing it or it's just an AI bot. Mm -hmm. If an AI bot looked at the news for an entire week, it could make the perfect provocative Donald Trump quote to piss everyone off. It could do it easy. Oh, that's easy. Exactly. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, you know, yep. Just text with an image, you just see his face and it's him. It means nothing, you know? And um, speaking of apps, there's some pretty big changes coming. You know, YouTube might be getting rid of thumbnails to be more like TikTok, just mm -hmm. in time for TikTok to get eradicated here, like they've tried before. Twitter said you can't link anything to other websites from now on or, or apps. Mm -hmm. So you can't yes, really right. yourself. And just it's just what you said. When I put a link to my newest episode on, you, on uh, Facebook, nobody sees it. I've got over 2,000 friends. Nobody mm -hmm. sees it. Yeah. And if I just put the image and then mention what it is, and I don't put any links, more people end up seeing it. It's, oh, it's, okay. you know, the algorithm is there. Yep. Yeah, so we that's can't right. use these things like we used to as creators. So that's why things like Rockfin really matter. You know, Rockfin is is holding the torch in a certain regard, and we gotta be happy about that. Um it's it's worth mentioning that we're both on Rockfin. Sure. And, um like I like I said at the beginning, you know, like, subscribe, share, and get on Rockfin because Places like YouTube and, and TikTok and other things, they, they might not even be here or they might be completely different than they are now. What you said about TikTok is incredible. Even if you, you have your subscriber list, that's not what you primarily see anymore. You're just doom scrolling and you mm -hmm. get whatever you get. That's incredible. That's another reason to jump on. And you know what? If you can't, at least share this conversation and, um, and definitely check out what Mario's doing. I think you will learn so much every single time you press play on those uh, short videos he's got. It's awesome stuff. So right on. Thank you, having man. said all that, that, of course, you're you're an awesome dude, man. And you said some very important things that are um, very impactful for the future of mankind. And I'm not, I don't think exaggerating saying that. You said the important that I had awesome that we got it, um, you know, for, for everyone to see here. So why don't we leave this where it is? You produce any final thoughts you have about this in any direction and then let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. 
I just want to say that, you know, I, I, I just don't think that there is any way that this isn't being used um, to some degree for culture creation purposes, you know, and I just think that it's, it's worth being skeptical over this technology. It's worth kind of maybe following where it's going to be going. And I think maybe we'll see uh, perhaps in six months or eight months or something, we can do an update and see where it's headed because even from four months ago, it has changed a lot actually. (laughs) Good point. And so I wouldn't mind just kind of, keeping tabs and seeing what's going on. I don't know if it's going to be my every day, every week sort of thing, but I am very curious to see where it's headed. So thank you for the invite and just prompting the conversation. You can find me once again at symbolicstudies.com. I'm all over the place, but uh, this was really fun, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, same here. I really appreciate your time. And I think that everyone really got a lot out of it. And if they didn't know you, they're going to love you from now on, I promise. So go find Mario. And uh, thank you so much, guys. A lot more coming for the before the year's over. And um 2023 is looking pretty awesome and yeah we'll we'll do that collab again on this exact topic i think that's a really good idea it's only growing now excellent sounds good all right man thank you so much everybody we'll see you real soon